This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. It is Friday, which means it is time for the weekly wrap-up. My name is Brian Hendrickson. Today I have Eric with us. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brian. Remember, we are still accepting your yield results, and don't forget to send in those pictures and videos as well. You can send them in at report at comstock.com. Thanks for being on. Let's kind of talk about corn to start us off. It was up 13 cents yesterday. Did we hold on to those gains to finish out the week? Uh, actually, no. And that was a little disappointing because yesterday's gain of 13 cents was narrowing some spreads. Um, you got a close not only above five dollars but at five o five which also took out an initial resistance level at five o four so you had several things happen yesterday that kind of shocked a lot of people and looked really good, but you needed to hold the five dollar mark to the close today, and we just could not get it done and then maybe some technicians were getting a little more finite than that and saying, okay, five dollars may not be as critical as four ninety eight couldn't hold that either. So we give back most of yesterday's gains to finish the day today, end up uh, end up just two and a quarter higher for the week in the December corn. After what felt like a really good week coming into today, we finished the week two and a quarter higher at 495 and a half. A uh, little disappointing to finish the week. However, this is harvest time. Commercials are buying a lot of grain. They are going to hedge any anticipated purchases for the weekend on Friday because they don't have a choice otherwise. So you were getting a lot of that hedge pressure today. Uh, we did take back some of those spreads that were looking a little more bullish, but not not to the extent that we lost the whole week in the spread side of it. So that was good. Um, export sales were okay. We didn't have any huge flash uh, daily flash sales, but we had decent weekly numbers. Interest seems to be there. We seem to be value priced right now. Um, I, that all those things could lend to some more support. But the the one thing that caught my eye probably more than anything in the corn yesterday we're up 13 cents and we gained 47,000 in open interest so you're getting new buying coming into the market you're not just liquidating shorts you're getting new buyers coming in and so we still have a lot of short liquidation to cover if we were to propel up out of these ranges and give them a reason to do so so it wasn't an all bad week, but it certainly wasn't what we were thinking we might get after yesterday's trade. So last week, we finally broke the brand curse in soybeans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did they hold on to that or did they yeah. go back under? <laughs> no, we, we actually had a really nice week in soybeans. And I think the last couple of days, if you ask traders, they'd be going, well, what's wrong with the soybeans? Because it all happened the first half of the week. So now what you've had is you've had this for the week, we finished 22 cents higher, 1302 and a quarter in the November contract. We made a low, and I might get my date a little off here, but I think it was the 11th. We made a low at 1250 and a half. So even right now, being off the high by a little ways, we're still trading 52 cents above that low mark that we made just a week and a half ago. So really impressive trade in the soybeans, but they can't, <clears throat> they can't just keep motoring when we're in the middle of harvest. It just won't happen now. This week, we should be 70, 75% harvested on the on the soybeans when we get that crop progress report on Monday. That should alleviate that pressure immensely. You know, at, at that point, what's going to be sold has likely been taken to town. What isn't is going to be stored. The bins will be locked and it'll probably get sold next calendar year. So the, the, the pressure should ease up. But one of the things that I, 
I, I think really sparked us and, and caught a lot of attention this week for myself included was Monday's NOPA crush report, the National Oil Seed Processors Association. They put out their crush report on Monday, and I'm going to show a, a snippet of that information. So when we look at this, uh, we can see that we not only had a record September, but it was 3 million bushels above what the trade was anticipating. And we had a 105-month low on soybean oil stocks. That's, that's nearly a nine-year low on the soybean oil stocks with a record crush. So we're, we're going like hell to try to get as much as we can, and we still can't keep the stocks. So it's been very interesting to see how that's progressed. And, and amidst all that, the soybean oil was actually just capitulating. We were seeing lows in the soybean oil coming into that report. And, and the day of the report, we finally saw a nice bounce. And I think I know myself and I think most people were thinking that might be the end of that, of that fall in the soybean oil and turn right around the next two days and trade lower again. But we did show some nice market action to finish the week. The soybean oil and meal spread has been uh, extreme. And I think we will see that turn around a little bit. Meal has been very high. Soybean oil has been very low when compared to the normal ratio to meal and to crude oil. So we should see that kind of correct itself. And soybean oil, I believe, will be the driver uh, in addition to planting progress in Brazil likely going to slow in the coming weeks. Uh, they are actually the midday GFS today had Brazil drier in the extended forecast than what they had previously anticipated. And the Brazilians, as we've talked about on this channel many times, they don't plant without moisture or a really good chance of moisture to be in the soil. So likely we'll see some further delays there. But in the meantime, we're just hugging this $13 level, which I'm glad we're on the top side of it and not the bottom. We, you know, we finished at 1302 and a quarter. We needed to stay above there today. We did that. So, but to get away from the $13 level, we're going to need some of these things to come around. We're going to need the bean oil to come higher. We're going to need some planting delays to further in Brazil. Some of these pieces have to come together. Switching over to livestock, we'll start with cattle. They did not have a good week. Disaster. Disaster. And what's interesting about it is, although the cattle market, the cattle futures market had a horrible week, um, live cattle didn't get beat up too awful bad. But the cat, fed cattle cash trade this week was actually higher. And so it's it's kind of odd and, and you don't see that very often to see a, a really hard down board. Uh, feeders obviously led the way if anybody was watching. Uh, November feeders were down 935 for the week. Just a massive move lower. I have been talking in our Comstock report, uh, I guess not talking, but writing in the Comstock report, that uh, we could see November feeders target some gap levels that were quite a ways below the market. Well, today we filled the first of those two. Now we could fall another three and a half, four dollars, fill the next one. That might satisfy the technicians and then we would be on our way back higher again. So that's not something that was out of the realm of possibility and we knew that. But I am surprised to see the feeder cattle cash going backwards while the fed cattle cash is going forward. So we gained one to two dollars across the five area feeding region on the fed cattle. Meanwhile, we lost that two dollars in the feeder cattle cash. So you saw the index down almost every day this week, if not every day. I'd have to check the numbers. But but basically, you were working about 50 cents lower a day on the feeder cattle cash this week while we were gaining that much back in the fed cattle. So really interesting how that's happened. Um, one of the big triggers yesterday when we saw feeder cattle down five dollars, fat cattle down two dollars. Uh, in the at 7:30 a.m., we got the weekly export sales report, 
and we sold 400 tons of beef on the week. Normally we would be somewhere around say 16,000 tons uh, and we sold 400. So absolutely atrocious export sales number that has to rebound next week or we're going to have a situation. Um, but that was 97% below the four week average on the export sales report for, for the weekly numbers. And it, it could rebound just as fast. I mean, we could be right back up to a normal pace next week, but that is definitely a cause for concern. Packers may be pricing that overseas beef out of the market to keep the domestic prices at a reasonable level because that's all in their hands. We don't control that. So definitely an interesting development there that will be watched closely. But, you know, I talked about the November feeder cattle being down 935 for the week and filling the first gap. I'd like to pull up a chart of that November feeder contract and see where we do have that first gap that filled uh, just on today's trade. And then you can see just below that, uh, we, we did have another gap that's still about three and a half dollars below the market here. So that would be your downside target for most uh, technicians. If not, we're going to go test those lows that were posted just before that second gap. So uh, definitely be on guard and see what happens here. So do you think some of this also is because because they have a report coming out at two o'clock today, correct? Cattle oh, yes. I'm, um, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> is some of that playing in, you know, are they waiting yeah. for that? Is that what this is from? I mean, well, it's got it's got to be factoring in. Um, okay. There, we're looking for slightly higher placements, massively lower marketings. So yeah, that's got to factor in. But yeah, Catalan feed comes out as we're recording here in 15 minutes. Uh, so those will be big numbers that everybody will be watching for. And that'll probably dictate how we start next week. I think most are anticipating that. But what's odd about this Catalan feed report is the placement number estimates are in a range, started out the week in a range of about 9%, which is four times normal. And now we're down to about seven and a half percent on that range of estimates. So you go from three and a half one direction to four percent the other direction. So it's still a very wide range compared to normal. And and if those numbers do happen to come in at the extreme end of either, then then we're going to have surprises in the market. We're going to be trading sharply higher or lower come Monday morning. But hopefully we'll be somewhere near the middle and near the average estimate, and we won't get too excited. However, I will say with the beat down that they took this week. If we are near a neutral report come two o'clock today, you're going to see some higher trade come Monday because we have just demolished this market so badly leading in. So did the pigs take a hit also with this or any good news on them? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lost cause at this point. No, um, it, it's, it's sad, honestly. Um, hogs, you know, October was being propped up by the cash and, and now October's off the board, and so we got to look to December. That's our, that's now our spot month, and I I fully anticipated. You know, October expires, December's running a twelve dollar deficit at the time. We're going to see December try to make a move, close some of that gap, maybe trade five six bucks higher. Now we traded three and a half dollars lower for the week, finished the December contract at sixty six bucks, and they're out there selling seventy dollar pigs. You know, it's just uh, it's tough. Uh, we did take out support, but nowhere near like the cattle market had to take this week. So uh, we'll see how that develops. Cash trade continues up and down on a day-to-day -day basis, but we're in a longer term, lower trend, you know, glut of supply expected fourth quarter. And so what that's creating is kind of interesting. Um, you know, the, the, I guess 
the anticipation is as we move towards the end of the year, we're going to have too much supply. So that's why we already have these prices that are lower than what we're seeing for cash right now. And, you know, we'll take a look here at the December hog chart and you can see, I mean, we've just taken out any kind of support that's been in place for several weeks now, uh, making these lows right now. It would be nice to see this thing turn around and hopefully we will see that based on the fact that the cash has been trending lower and at some point is going to turn around. So one of the things that's been catching my eye as I look at the overall hog market is the the calendar spreads have been kind of getting a little cattywampus. We're expecting this glut of supply to end the year, but we're expecting to recover before quarter two next year or during quarter two next year. So in that April to June timeframe, we, we should be we should be worked through the glut of supply and back to a reasonable number. Then we should have higher prices. We don't have all the pigs to kill. So when I look at the June contract running a dollar and a half deficit to the August contract, that kind of perks my interest. So I've been getting a lot of spread traders going after that. And if nothing else, I mean, August and June should be running similar to each other, not a dollar and a half spread. Normally June would hold about a $2 premium. So that's, that's something to keep an eye on as we go forward too. Right now, it doesn't look good because the front months are lower, but we should, we could see that change very quickly uh, as people start to take note of that. Overall, how do you mm. think the week went? I guess I was shocked by the weakness in the cattle. I wasn't surprised by the hogs. I mean, we it's fourth quarter, right? It's the first month of fourth quarter. We knew fourth quarter was going to be bad. So I wasn't shocked by that. Cattle surprised me. I, I fully expected that we would go attack these gap levels in the feeder cattle. I thought this weakness would come. I've talked about it numerous times. I've been trying to get guys to put protection on. And so the fact that we saw weakness and these prices doesn't surprise me, but doing it in a week shocked me. I did not think we'd strip $10 out of feeder cattle in one week. So on that side of it, doesn't feel good. However, I will say in general, I feel better about the commodities as a whole than I'd have in quite a while. And I think maybe part of that is we're seeing this flight to quality and because of the war situations that are going on, global economic unrest, all these things factor in. And I just think really we're going to see commodities be a winner here, tangible goods, as opposed to equity markets and uh, electric cars. All right, that'll do for this episode. Have a good weekend. You too, Brian. Thanks. Want more premium content? Subscribe to the Comstock Report, where you will receive two reports daily. Want more video content? We are on Facebook, YouTube, and now TikTok. So don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.